0: This is a podcast by Lumina, the perfect space to innovate, collaborate and grow in health, science and tech. Dr Alan Parnham, welcome to Health Tech Talks. Oh,
1: thanks very much for having me. It's good to be here.
0: You're a renal specialist who trained in the United Kingdom before coming out to Australia in the 1990s. You work across public and private hospitals here on the Gold Coast as a clinician, and you're the director of the Gold Coast Private Hospital Dialysis Unit. Alongside this, you're a researcher, and now you're the developer of a brand new healthcare facility at the Gold Coast Health and Knowledge Precinct called Northstar. So much to talk about, Alan, and it's an absolute. absolute pleasure to have you here today. Can we start with a bit about you? Your medical training was in London. How did you decide that medicine was the career for you?
1: So I went to a a technical comprehensive school in Nottingham. I was actually the first person from my school ever to go to university. And for one day a week, they had sort of an apprenticeship where you went off to trial a different type of job and I didn't want to go onto a farm and I didn't want to go down the pit. So it seemed to me like an easy way was to go to a local mental hospital and help. And I loved it. There was no real idea about being a doctor from where I came from. So I wanted to be a nurse. But our poor um, careers officer was so far out of his depth because he'd never sent anybody to university before that he just said, why don't you be a doctor? And I said, all right.
0: And that was that, so no family history of any doctors?
1: Builders, plumbers, miners.
0: What did your family think about you going to study medicine?
1: Uh, They actually weren't very happy because they thought I would become rich and posh and not speak to them. That kind of reverse classism.
0: What was it that interested you in renal medicine, which for those who may not know is about kidneys?
1: So renal medicine is probably the most difficult medicine. All of the renal patients have three, four, five different medical problems. They have lots of social problems. Having kidney failure impacts upon all the other organs. So it's a hard fix with getting the diagnosis right and then fixing that in around how they are emotionally and socially as well well. It's really interesting. It's different every single day and I love it.
0: And did you do your training for that in London as well?
1: I did six years training in London and then before coming out to Australia for the first Rugby World Cup in 1987.
0: When I was researching for our interview today, I read that you're on an advisory board for a company that helps transform the lives of people with vision loss. What's the connection between your renal specialty and vision?
1: Okay, in 1996 I decided I didn't want to do the job I'm doing at the moment just then I felt I needed to do some research to actually just finish me off as a doctor and so I went to Bristol where they gave me the DNA of 150 kids with minimal change nephropathy and they gave me some immortalized um, podocytes. Podocytes are the cells that surround the filtering units in the kidney and keep them healthy and we start Started up in a laboratory and we did different work to try and find out how they worked. Four, five separate nights I was there till after midnight trying to get rid of this little protein, this little protein band that was just driving me insane. I just kept thinking I'd done the experiment wrong and the experiment, I needed the same experiment and the same experiment. And then Professor Steve Harper came in. And I asked him how I was going to get rid of this protein. And he says, it looks like a spliced variant of vascular endothelial growth factor, to which (laughs) I said, blah, 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 mate. If you can't get rid of this, I'm going back to Australia. (laughs) Anyway, so vascular endothelial growth factor is something which stimulates growth and inflammation in the body. And Steve took my little band away with him. And in the end, set up a company called Exonate. So the protein that I'd found was a, a spliced variant. So what happens is the body makes vascular endothelial growth factor, and then there are some proteins which splice it, which cut it. And each of those different spliced variants work in different ways. And some will inhibit inflammation. And so some are pro-inflammatory, some are anti-inflammatory. It, it was an overnight success, after 25 years, we now have an eye drop, which, which it which works in exactly the same way as Avastin. So, so you know that people with diabetes and macular degeneration have injections into the eyes. This works the same as an eye drop. And we've just done safety studies and we're, ab- we're about to do our main study before actually launching this.
0: But something else you've done is a lot of education in Fiji and Indonesia. Can you tell us about that work?
1: Okay, so in 2000, the Australian New Zealand Society of Nephrology thought that it it would be good for us to share our knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific region. So we're a really rich country and I think we are beholding to actually share what we do. And one of the drug companies, American Genetics, offered to fund for about seven of us to go to different countries and actually see what we could do on the ground. I chose North Sumatra and Arche. At the time, North Sumatra and Arche had about 30 million people in them and had four kidney specialists so there was an awful lot that we could teach them. It wasn't all that easy to actually teach them. But every year since then, um, I've gone back for a week. But lots of really good relationships. We've worked through the tsunami in 2004 up in Aceh. Two of the original three guys have since died. Hmm. Tungul only at the age of 38. Health of their people and even their doctors often leaves a lot to be desired. It's been really rewarding. I've taken our junior doctors to actually see what happens in a third world country which is really very educational for them and I had an apartment in Main Beach and we'd bring those guys to come and stay in my apartment and actually learn some stuff from here as well.
0: I just can't imagine how they felt about seeing the healthcare facilities that we have.
1: So Tungul, Tungul's my best friend.
0: So he
1: actually took back the idea of washing hands and wearing gloves. Like when I first went to Medan, which is the main main town in North Sumatra, 100% of their dialysis patients were HIV positive. That's because they reused the little kidneys that we have and so it was all chop and change and so if HIV got into the unit you would then use a kidney that had been used by an HIV patient and he took back I learned from our nurses don't even learn that from me that they learnt that infection control and quality control from the, from the nursing staff over here not really from us and I went back then two years later. There was no HIV in the unit. Now that's nobody got cured of HIV. Their survival of their dialysis patients is three or six months. That's all. But that meant that we were able to get rid of all the HIV out of, which saved all their nursing staff from getting HIV.
0: How incredible! So, change,
1: so changing the way people look at things is, and and that's what travel's about. Like is it, it's about seeing di- the way, different way people do things and learning from the good ones and not learning from the bad ones. Yeah.
0: Now, along with all of the amazing things that you do, I don't know how you have time for this, but as we said in the intro, you're the developer of a new healthcare facility called the North Star. What is North Star?
1: So North Star is the name of our new building, but it's also an idea. I wanted to call it Town hours, but (laughs) my son, who's a marketer, thought that was a terrible idea. (laughs) Obviously, he gets to listen to us talking about our ideas and our plans for what we want to do with the building. And he came up with the idea of North Star. He wanted it as a light to lead the way with research and and. It just struck a chord.
0: And then what is the building? What is it all about? We
1: have a group of five nephrologists, five kidney specialists, and we were looking to expand our area and we had a look at lots of different places and we we sort of fell on the Health and Knowledge Precinct. So the Health and Knowledge Precinct at the moment is going gangbusters and it's fantastic. There was pretty much nothing happening then. And so we had the idea that we might build a small building. It's just gathered momentum and we're really proud of what we've actually done done so far. We're really excited about having this building as a legacy and as as somewhere for the doctors that we'll have in there and for the research things to actually thrive.
0: So it's a, a healthcare facility for a range of medical professionals, professional suites, research... Yeah.
1: So Emenda is our jewel, really. So Emenda is a spinoff of the original Exyn- Exynate. Exonate was the eye protein. Emenda is a spin-off from that. What both of those companies do is they make different protein kinases which change the splicing of vascular endothelial growth factor. And Exonate works really well as, as an eye drop and gets into the back of the eyes. And the current protein that we'll have for Emenda... It's going to be involved in pain relief. So pain relief is a bare landscape. We have opiates, which are morphine, pethidine, all of the, the heroin-like drugs at one end, Panadol at the other end. We have non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which for kidney specialists are really bad because they cause kidney failure, they cause stomach ulcers, and there's nothing else in there. All of the stuff at this end is addictive. And to show how much of a wasteland it is, we're starting to use things like cannabis oil. Mm. So cannabis isn't even a painkiller. It's something which slightly changes the way that we see pain, but it's not a painkiller. Mm. So it turns out that as an injection or even so injection into joints or infection to give them can prevent pain in the knees of arthritic mice. It's a long way to go. Bender is now a purely... So we've poached, tempted them to come from the United Kingdom to become a, a, a totally Australian company. So that's taken a little bit of bribery, but a lot of persuasion. And and I sort of owned a bit of the company before all of this. It will be jobs for Australians. It will fit really brilliantly into the the whole of the, the Luminar X project, which I love.
0: And there'll be spaces for other companies to come in. Space in. for other
1: companies, yes. space for other specialists. But we're not just there to make money. I'm really keen to value add, to actually do research, to improve knowledge, to teach the medical students, to teach the from Griffith to teach the junior doctors.
0: You're listening to Health Tech Talks, a podcast series delivered by Lumina. To find out more about Lumina, visit the website luminagoldcoast.com.au and sign up today to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack. And what about the physical building? Ten stories,
1: we're having the top floor. So we have a vascular surgeon, we have an orthopedic surgeon, we have endocrinologists, and we have a mender. We have some old alumni from the uh, from the cohort accelerator program, which I'm also pretty excited about as well.
0: So tell me, in the information about the North Star, it says that it was developed for health professionals, by health professionals. Why is that important, Alan? So I think the building is important in a couple of ways. I think the whole of the area
1: makes me excited, and I think we will gain lots from being close to all of the other buildings. We are actually health professionals, and so we know what health quality is. I'm pretty happy to make money, but I'm actually pretty happy not to make very much money either. Like, I'm a doctor, I've can. I got I got money already. I'm just really keen to actually set up a legacy where we can have quality medicine, quality research and actually do more for the community but that will be in partnership with the government and being partnership with the other buildings as well because the other buildings will bring clever people and so if we go back to when i was when i was first here in in 88 the gold coast was a joke for medicine it was a Mm. great place to come on holiday we had great beaches and great rainforest but if you wanted to get treated you went to brisbane so it's changed and we now have huge opportunities to actually change that forever and make us a center of excellence And so that's really what I want to be. That's why it's not just my building. And I don't look on the other buildings as competition. I want them to be there. I want us to get a critical mass. And once we get a critical mass, it's still the same brilliant place to live. And we'll get companies from Southeast Asia, from the United States, from Great Britain that'll want to base themselves here because they can push their company further by being in this area and by interacting with with all the other stuff going on in the other buildings as well. So the other buildings are competition a little, but it's like where you go and get your car fixed, you go to somewhere where there's 10 different car places. If you want to do your research, you will come here because we have two universities on the Gold Coast. We have six hospitals, including the beautiful Gold Coast University Hospital, all really close. And so for health, the Luminar X is just going to be brilliant.
0: Just want to talk a little bit more about your North Star. How will it be different? I mean, I can see your passion, but how will it be different to other healthcare facilities?
1: So it is private. It is run by doctors who are funding it themselves. They're funding their own research. They are deciding on what research projects they want to do and where they get money for and what's important to them to move further ahead. And I think it's really important for the government to spend our tax in a wise way, but sometimes they can just be too wise and too careful. The government aren't there to take risks and so it tends to go fairly slowly when the government invests and the government says we'll do this research. It has to be people willing to give up their lives and work till midnight like I did in Bristol and give up their house so they can spend all of their money on, on a silly new idea that may w- make a fortune but may make them bankrupt as well. Having those people in this area... It will be what will drive it to greatness, I think.
0: Alan, where are we at in terms of construction and a potential opening date?
1: So we are almost at the finishing line of getting the really boring stuff done. And I suspect that we'll start building probably in the next three or four months.
0: Maybe beginning of 2025, we might have some tenants moving in.
1: Yeah, about that. That'll be so exciting.
0: So there's still room for tenants if if people are interested in so, so,
1: so certainly and if tenants that want to do research and some of the other bigger buildings are probably going to charge more rent than we are so if they have really good ideas and can contribute towards towards our family towards towards what we want for the building we we're very much um very happy to look at them favorably
0: it sounds like um it's going to be an amazing place to work and a place that will really change lives and health so i hope so where can people find out more information about North Star if they're interested in becoming a tenant?
1: We have a website and that's thenorthstar.net.au.
0: You're a Lumina X mentor. Now Lumina X is a health tech startup accelerator program here at the precinct. What's your mentor role? So
1: I'm the physician. So the guys get ideas, they bring the ideas into the accelerator program and I'm, it feels really odd to say this, but I'm the common sense person. So I look at their ideas and we sort of work out whether those ideas will run in the health system as it is. These guys are very happy to pivot and go off in a different direction. I think what kills an awful lot of the startups is that they spend too long and too much money going in the wrong direction. And we move them, and you don't usually move them by very much, but we move them by 10, 15 degrees in a slightly different direction and make them more efficient. The other thing that I can do and have done is... If these guys go to want to talk to a doctor which does their stuff or want to go and talk to Ramsey Healthcare, like I'm in the public system and the private system. I know pretty much every specialist on the coast. So I can get past those dragon ladies on the reception of both the, um, of both the, the doctors and of the guys who actually run the, bi- the big private hospitals and the, and the public hospitals. So I can sort of filter which one should go and see the, see them and which ones will be a complete waste of their time.
0: So now you didn't get to name the building, the Pawnee building, but you have Pawnee the Pawnee Towers, but you have got the Pawnee prize. Yeah. <laughs> What's the Pawnee prize? So
1: I didn't name that either. That was um, <laughs> That was Ben. The accelerator program has increased in quality and quantity of people coming here every year. So it's been going now for three years. The Pani Prize is an investment of $100,000, which I promised at the start of this year. I'd actually invested even more in that both the previous two years. But this time I'd, I promised sight unseen that I would invest $100,000 in one of the companies at the end. So that sounds really philanthropic and nice and whatever. It's just not. <laughs> so so it's, it's a brilliant investment. So uh, it, it's sight unseen. It's a brilliant investment. I actually get to know the people and you and you, you, work out that these guys will go on and do anything for their project. I know which projects are likely to, to fail and which ones aren't. And so for me, it's probably a pretty good investment. I haven't made any money yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> Early but, days. Yeah, but it's probably a pretty good investment. <laughs> and as we said before, you get to mix with really clever, brave people who who put it all on the line and then by the time they're actually they've they've usually used up most of their capital And so by the time they get to the accelerator program, they then come up with great ideas to move on, but do need some money to actually do that.
0: Now, before I let you go onto your hugely busy day, which started at 4.30, I honestly don't know how you could fit anything else into your life, but being so incredibly busy with lots of different roles and projects, how do you relax and unwind?
1: I don't really relax much. So my holidays are... Walking Kokoda, climbing mountains in the in the Himalayas or South America. We, um, we're we probably going to walk the Inca Trail again again next year. I've walked the Inca Trail before. So my holidays are usually sort of adventure holidays or rugby. We go to the Rugby World Cup this year. I've been to every Rugby World Cup since 2003 and went to the first one in 1987. And I've also just got two new grandkids, so that's pretty important too.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you this morning and all the best of luck with North Star.
1: Thank you very much. It's really kind.
0: To learn more about Loom, and how we work with health tech startups, visit luminagoldcoast.com.au and don't forget to sign up to receive your Lumina Opportunities Pack today.